Hello, I'm Angela, and welcome to The Wrong That Made Me Right. First of all, I want to say that this was an inspired um, podcast, and I'm going to give a little bit of definition about the title. So first thing, the wrong. What do we mean by the wrong in our life? Well, it could be something that we did, something that was done to us, or maybe something that was said, or just life in general, what happens. But no matter what it is, it's usually hurtful and painful. Sometimes we've inflicted it on ourselves by the bad choices that we've made. However, the wrong came about, that doesn't mean that it can't be used for good. One thing we don't want is to relive it over and over and over again. It already had its moment in time, so we just want to learn from it and move on. So the right part is how did it make us right or how did it make us a better person? I'd like to think that maybe it made us stronger, more compassionate, a giver, being more forgiving, maybe being more patient or more loving towards people. I mean, we all love inspirational stories. Most people like watching those hero movies where our hero swoops in and saves the day. And those kind of stories always give us hope. Well, we can give hope to each other. So all of us have had bad experiences, maybe even things that we think should never have happened. But those experiences have made us who we are today. And without them, we wouldn't be the same people. So maybe a wrong that was done to you or a wrong that you did has caused you to see things in a better way than if it never had happened at all. I'm sure some of you are feeling, well, I'm worse because of what happened, or my life would be better if it never happened at all. Well, then I would say to you, it doesn't have to be that way. Jesus came and gave his life so that we could have a more abundant life. Your story may not have a good start or is currently going good, but it doesn't mean that it can't end good. So my hope and prayer through all of this is that in sharing our stories, we can bring hope and strength to each other and let God move in our lives and be a better version of ourselves. If what we went through only helps ourselves, then I think we've missed our purpose in life. We are here to help each other. We are not here to be focused on ourselves, but to make God focused. So to know God is to know what he likes and what he cares about. He cares about you. He cares about all of us. And he's very compassionate towards those that are in need. So Galatians 6, 2 says, Bear ye one another burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. So to be God-focused is to bearing each other's burdens and doing good unto all men. So just because sharing our stories may help doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to make the pain go away or make that hurt go away. Because if it did, then maybe that would undo the good that it's done. But it doesn't mean that we have to dwell on it and that it has to consume us. I tend to put mine away and just bring it out when I need to show others that I understand what they're going through. Or to give them comfort just to know that someone else is walking there with them and that they're not alone. It's worth sharing if it means that you probably will help someone else. And how comforting it is to know that we don't have to walk a life through life alone and that we have each other and that God is with us. So I have here with me today Zach, who is 16 years old, and he has dealt with his father being sick for some time now, being in and out of the hospital a lot, and 
just have dealt with amazing experiences that he has come through. So, Zach, how old were you the first time that you realized, wow, my dad is sick? I think for me that would probably be seventh grade. I knew before that he had issues with, you know, his stomach hurting and cramping and stuff like that, but I never really knew the extent of what he went through in his childhood years and what he went through with my mom going with him, being by his side through all those years. I never really realized how bad it was until uh, 2017. So I'll just tell you a little bit about what happened back then. Um, So in 2017, he was you know, his pain was just, his pain gets so bad. It was excruciating pain. He couldn't do anything at all. Um, so he has the cystic fibrosis of the digestive system, which is, um, you know, an infection in your digestive system that never goes away. Um, so he was in the hospital for a total of three months. He, he would go to the hospital and he first went there and they were just trying to get the pain under control. I mean, he was on the floor, you know, couldn't move or anything like that. And that's when I kind of realized when I saw him like that and I went and visited him at the hospital how bad it was. That's how much I realized how sick he actually was. So at that point in your life, where were you at with your walk with God? I would say I was a religious person. I went to church. I knew who Jesus was. I prayed, but I wasn't, nothing compared to today where, you know, I put my trust in Jesus and I'm not panicking a lot and stuff like that, so... So with your family, how was it that you actually got started into going into church? Well, when I was five years old, I, um, they had my mom's friend, or the family friend, had this thing called Power Hour. And it was at the lady's house, and um, the pastor of the church that me and you actually go to was there, and they would have you know a thing for the kids and a thing for the adults that were, you know, they, they would gather together in the living room and stuff like that, have Bible study. The kids would go and have the Bible study and stuff like that. And that was really when my mom and my dad really got into it. They've always been religious their whole life. You know, they've gone to church and stuff like that. Um, they went, originally went to the Catholic Church um, until before we did the Power Hour. And once we did that, we met, you know, our pastor and our bishop, and we started coming here to church. So I've been going here. I'm now 16 now. I've been going here since I was five. So it's, I've been going here for a while, so that's kind of how we started, you know, knowing God and going to church. You know, my parents, you know, knew God before, way before I did, but this is how basically my origins started where you went to the Bible study and, you know, learned and stuff like that. So with your dad being so sick in the hospital, do you feel like that kind of got you started in developing more of a closer relationship with God? Definitely. Do you feel like you kind of like started to lean on him more when things were getting bad? Yeah, he was in the hospital, like I said, for a total of three months. Um, right in the middle of when, within about a month and a half mark, he um, he was just really he was really sick. But they thought he could get his pain under control, and they actually released him. Um, but it was they were about he was about to leave the hospital, and he started um, throwing up his bio in his stomach, which you know you need that. So the feeding tube that they gave him, because he hadn't eaten for a month and a half, the feeding tube that was giving him the food into his stomach became his draining tube, which was draining out his stomach and the things that were poisoning him, actually. Mm-hmm. So it, it just got so bad to the point where it was just out of my hands. Um, and like in a little while, I'll explain to you once we go in deeper um, about when he had his major surgery and stuff like that, which was during that time. But yeah, I definitely started to understand that this is out of my control. I can't do anything about him being in the hospital right now. What can I do at this point? And that was just trust that Jesus has it and trust that everything was okay. So during the time that he was going through this, how did that wear on you emotionally? I'm going to be honest with you. I, I don't know how I continued. 
it, it really didn't affect me that much. I knew that I, there was just a piece somewhere. Mm-hmm. Now, there was just a piece where I, I went to school. I never missed any school. I would go to school. I wouldn't worry about him. I knew he was safe. And I, don't even, I couldn't even tell you how that I can't. I remember it, but I can't tell you how the peace was just there. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I just believed that God had it. And you know, like I said, they gave him, you know, the death sentence after his major surgery, which we'll talk about in a little while. And even then, I, you know, I cried and I was upset, but I wasn't scared because I, I, there's just something I knew that he was going to be okay. Um, and my sister was definitely a different story. She, um, that's where she kind of developed her anxiety and stuff like that. She would, um, you know, go to school, come home. She would she couldn't handle herself. You know, she really, um, she believed in Jesus too, and she knew that everything, you know, would be okay, but she was definitely fearing throughout the whole thing. And um, I think, too, my grandma was also um, the one taking care of us. So my mom was just at the hospital every day for three months, every day um, from, I, I would never see her. She would get there at 8 a.m., and come home around 5 p.m. So I saw my mom from like 5 to 9 p.m. until I went to bed. So um, my mom didn't have time to worry. I mean, you know, um, my sister, you know, she had to school. She had her mind, you know, stuff to do that could give her a chance to worry. And so did I. But like I said, I don't understand how I had such peace about it. Um, My grandma was taking care of us. So while my mom was at the hospital, so that was nice too um, because she's a very religious woman. It helped me through a lot of it. But, um, yeah, I would definitely call her a prayer warrior. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Um, but yeah, my mom didn't have time to worry. She was um, so you know so caught up in everything and trying to make sure he was okay and stuff. Now so. through this, didn't your your mom have some health issues also? Yes, my mom and my grandma. So my mom, um, they're still trying to figure out. She's gone to the doctor for years. Her heart um, goes into tachycardia a lot, which is out of rhythm. So she, there was about a, a week span, where, or not, not even a week. She, it was supposed to be a week, but it was only like three days where she couldn't even go to the hospital. Um, still to this day, even, she's having issues with her heart, which when it goes out of rhythm and stuff, she can't breathe very well. Um, so she, she had to get herself taken care of too, but at the same time, she pretty much knew that, I don't know, she was kind of made herself better, I guess you could kind of say, that I don't have time to go to the hospital. I don't have time to do this. I have to help my husband, which was... It was good that she didn't, you know, start panicking and have to go to the hospital, but, you know, she needed the help, though, too. Um, and actually, right when, um, kind of going off a little bit off topic, but in 2016, before all this happened um, with my dad, my grandma was on her way home from work. She was still working, so she was probably 75 at the time. She was still working, was driving home, got home, you know, got get, was getting ready to eat. And all of a sudden, she heard something, and it sounded like an, she thought the furnace exploded. Um, and she just, she called 911 right away and it just, she would, every minute she would hear something and she would just scream and she'd be in excruciating pain. Um, it turns out her pacemaker and her defibrillator thought her heart was out of rhythm when it really wasn't. She, the defibrillator thought the heart was having a heart attack, but it wasn't. And so the defibrillator went off every two minutes, shocking her. Basically when you have the pedals on the TV and they yell clear, every two minutes she had that happen to her. So, um, she... Um, called 911. She was able to kind of get to, you know, lay on the floor and stuff until they came in and got her. Um, that was very serious, though. She, um, the defibrillator went off 38 times. Wow, that's a lot. She was still conscious after 38 times. You're supposed to be unconscious after four. Wow. So that and was she def- no longer has that, right? That was removed. Yeah, the, it wasn't removed. They have it shut off. Shut though. off. Okay. Yeah, so that's all shut off because you know she was so bad. So that that was definitely. That definitely took a toll on her. After that, she didn't. She still to this day doesn't work. 
she can't go she she you know she goes places she goes everywhere she loves mm-hmm. places but um like the mall like if we go to like on vacation we have to bring her transporter with her and stuff but um i'll tell you the blessing about the miracle of my grandma too um so after this is still 2016 it's a little bit off topic but after all that happened um you know she got back to her house you know we had my mom lived stayed with her for a little while and then back to when my dad was in the hospital this was in the middle of a month and a half in the middle my grandma was the one since 2017 who was taking care of me and so she was in the middle of taking care of me and she dropped me off at school one day and um you could tell something was you know off but i just didn't really think anything of it and it turned out that she went to the hospital um, she was having, I guess you can kind of say an episode, her heart was really active, it was skipping too, and she was having a lot of issues. So this was during a time when my mom needed her the most, you know, to help, um, but she had to go to the hospital. She was just, because again, side effects of what happened in 2016. So it's like we're in the middle of all this with my dad. He's sick in the hospital, you know, can't barely even move his eyes, just laying there and just, you know, poor thing, just in so much pain. And um, my mom having issues with her heart, my sister freaking out, and my grandma at the hospital who was taking care of us. And I'm just sitting there kind of like, well, what can I do about it? You know? Have you ever once thought, you know, as you being so young and and having all these people around you that you love and you care about Mm -hmm. being sick and not being able to do anything about it, have you ever thought, you know, why why does this have to happen to my family yeah definitely even if i'll talk about later more of what's happening to this day even i have questioned god and saying you know why why is this happening um and i just trust that it's in his hands you know it's his plan he knows what's best and i don't understand to this day i still don't understand why he did that in 2017 why couldn't my dad just been perfectly healthy mm-hmm. why did my dad have to go through this but we'll figure out one day well god will tell us one day hopefully right. <laughs> so um yeah so like i was saying in the middle of everything and, you know, my grandma's in the hospital. My mom's heart's acting up. My mom's in the hospital. My mom's, you know, with my dad at the hospital trying to figure everything out. And it was just really complicated. Um, but like I said, there was still some type of peace in me. I was wor- I was worried. At that point, I really was worried. It wasn't that I wasn't worried at all. It was just that I knew everything was going to be okay. So a few weeks later, my gr- not even a few weeks, a few days later, my grandma got out of the hospital. And she... Um, you know, she came and she stayed with us still and stuff like that. My other grandma came and helped us too and stuff like that. So, um, fast forward then to a little bit after, so this is towards the end of he was in the hospital. Um, he, they decided they're going to have to do the surgery, some type of surgery. Um, they actually had to remove his pancreas Mm -hmm. and the surgeon was in there for eight hours. The longest surgery they ever performed. Um, and he, like I said, I was in there for eight hours, and there was all his um, stomach intestines were tied up together. He said he had to go through and just try to remove everything and remove everything, like, you know, all the trying to untie, literally stomach, you know, your stomach. And they had to took um, his pancreas, which people think, you know, these organs are a big thing. It's literally the size of, like, your thumb. They took a quarter, or they took, there's a quarter left in there. So they took a little bit more than half of it. Um... And then they untangled everything. And after he got out, he was put right away into the ICU. Um, So when he was put in the ICU, he was just, I mean, I went to visit him. He was, you know, on a ventilator, everything like that. Everything you could possibly imagine he was on. He couldn't, um, couldn't, you know, breathe on his own um, and stuff like that. It was really sad. That was, I was worried for him. But like I said, I just had a peace about it. I knew that something was going to be happen and he was going to be okay. So, um... 
what happened is when I would be home and they would start to call me, they would call me on, on my mom's phone and I would talk to my dad and he would start talking to me when he was still kind of, you know, not even conscious. He was on that ventilator and everything. So that was kind of, you could see he was starting to wake up and stuff like that, which was really nice. Um, he wouldn't talk to my mom though. He wouldn't talk to my mom. My mom got so mad. He would, my mom, if my mom called, called him from my grandma's phone and then he would answer and talk to her that way. Just say hi. And he, you, he could talk when he was unconscious, which was, you know, something that, you know, a hope at least. So, um... Do you think maybe as a parent he just felt like that wanting to give you like comfort I'm, I'm and an hope, okay. yeah, yeah, just to to let you know that he's all right? Yeah, probably, definitely. He, he's yeah. a great dad. So he he woke up, you know, started to wake up and stuff like that, and he was just so bad. He was ready to give up. He said, "I've done this." Because he when he since he was I didn't even get to that part yet. This all started when he was 15 years old when he was oh. diagnosed. So just when you're younger than you, then it yeah. started. So yeah. he's been dealing with this a long time. Yeah, definitely. And he was just, by this time, he was, you know, four years old, dealt with it. He was just done. He was ready to give up. He said, yeah. you know, we actually had to go to the hospital and say goodbye to my dad, which was something that was very, you know, definitely I cried and I was upset. I still wasn't giving up, though. My mm-hmm. sister, by the other hand, she was just a mess. And, you know, I, I felt bad. And my mom, you know, was upset, too. And my grandma, though... She she knew something was going to happen too. I think and my mom I think knew it too. But so that went on. We said goodbye to him. Uh, a few days go by. My mom walks into the you know we're all praying for him. my mom walks into his room. He's sitting up, eating Jello. Okay. And he walked in and he was eating Jello. And my mom said what? And he would he had, mind you he hadn't eaten for three months. He had he barely talked in three months. And he was up there, and he was eating Jello. And the doctor, his the doctor walked in and said, "It was God." That's literally what the doctor said. And um, so I definitely believe that he was healed. It was a miracle. I definitely do believe that because going from literally saying goodbye to him one day, and the next day, you know, he was up and he was eating like he hadn't eaten in three months. What what is this? So it was. I truly believe that Jesus healed him, and I, and I knew something was going to happen, or he was going to be okay. And it was still a long road, and not even literally two days later, they put put him back up to a room. They brought the little dog in to bring his hopes up, and he was home about a week after that. So he was home, and you know he we, he still took it easy, but it was just I rem- I can remember him walking out of the car, and just you know he was walking. It was just it was incredible. And he came, and he had a you know a long road to recovery, but he recovered, and he you know he's just. It's just amazing. So since then, he's been doing pretty good? He's doing pretty good. Um, he had a little bit, that was in about, that was in like late May, he was released. In September, he had a little bit of a hiccup. It was nothing compared to what it was, but it was just, you know, uh, he was getting some, he was in the hospital for only about a week, which us, only about a week is very small. So, um, but yeah, he's doing really good now. Um, I actually have right here, during um, this past December, um, well, actually, November, he went to a hunting trip. Um, and we knew kind of before he had a, so there's something in his throat that was, you know, we had to get it looked at. We didn't think it was cancer at the time, but it ended up being cancer. Um, so after he came back from his hunting trip, um, it was about two weeks long, uh, he went to the doctor and we found out that he did have stage one throat cancer. Oh, so they caught it early. They That's did. Good. I was thankful. Um, yeah. Grateful for that. Um and he was, you know, kind of upset because he had to do chemo and radiation. After all he's been through, he had to do all this now. Um, and he did pretty good. You know, he was doing good. But December 20th, 
not even December, probably even after December 21st, three days before, four days before Christmas, he got these blisters all over his hand. And they're just like, you know, painful. They're not even blisters. They're like digging into his skin, just painful. Can't even do anything. Um, and he was rushed to, you know, not rushed, but, you know, put into the emergency room and he had to um, stay at the hospital. And I guess, like you were saying before questioning, I said, why? I said, why, God? It's four days before Christmas. Mm-hmm. We've gone through literal hell on earth with all of him. Why can't we just have a good Christmas? Why can't everything just be okay? Um, and I prayed, and I, I knew that God had it. I was I was worried about him, but I knew God had it. And before you know it, three days later, the blister started to go away. And by Christmas Eve, we had my Christmas Eve at my aunt's house. By Christmas Eve... My mom stayed home. She went and picked him up, and by Christmas Day, he was he was at home, and he we had Christmas, and it was nice. We ended up going to my aunt's house, and he was able to go, and it was really nice. So, just miracles. I'm telling you, miracles. Yeah, sounds like maybe we should have him on for an episode so maybe, he can yeah. uh, tell his story from his perspective. Definitely too, because like I said, um, definitely he has. I'll go back a little bit. When he was 15 is when it all started, mm-hmm. and. Um, so it's been a long journey for him. You know, he started, he would go in and out to Wisconsin, doctors and stuff like that. My grandma would take him. And then he met my mom. My mom said that he would be, when they were younger, so, you know, they're in their 40s, 50s now. But when he was in their 30s, she would be driving to work. And she'd have to turn around on the way to work because his pain would go. He'd be on the floor and stuff like that. And he'd be going to the hospital. It was normal for him to go to the hospital for two weeks and have the pain. It was all normal. Um, so, yeah, and definitely this is even half probably of what I even, you know, have has gone on because there's been so many times um, that stuff just gets piled up and I can go back to my mom's Facebook and read her asking for prayers and all about the different stuff. But um, I did want to share something though. Proverbs 3 through 5, this is kind of what, um, or I'm sorry, not Proverbs, Philippians 4 through 6. Um, this was kind of something that I've been going, I definitely been religious, like I said, for a while, but I've really started to get into the Bible more, and this is something that helped me through my dad when he was with the chemo and stuff like that. Um, so it, Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then it continues to say, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So that's a scripture that I've definitely um, leaned on the past um, a few months, especially also Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. That's something that I've really, so I've had, and then he went through the chemo treatments and stuff. I've had, you know, peace throughout all that too, but it's just really nice to know. I feel that, you know, God is with us through all of this and that, you know, at this point, there's nothing that we can't overcome with, you know, health issues and stuff. So definitely. So definitely through this whole process with your dad, your walk with God has strengthened. 100%. And it's given you hope. Definitely. And um, it sounds like you you came through it Mm -hmm. just as good as anyone possibly could. Yeah. And so that is awesome. Yeah. Who would know from going, having him go in the hospital, it would actually make me a better person, you know, with my anxiety being less and trusting that God has it and seeing the miracles so I can tell other people about my testimony and telling them, you know, what, what can happen for you. If this can happen just for us, it can happen for you. Right. I mean, here you went into the hospital to actually say goodbye to your dad, Mm -hmm. thinking that he's not going to live, that he's going to pass away at some point. Mm -hmm. And then... God brings him back. Yeah, I mean, three days totally, later, he wakes up. Yeah, three days later when you. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! Three days later. Three days later. Yep. 
So it was something with that three days. Yeah, I don't know about that. Three days later. <laughs> well, you know, I'm so glad that you shared your story, and I hope that it will help somebody else. Maybe there's another teenager out there that is dealing with a sick parent and mm-hmm. is like, you know, why does this have to be me? Why can't my parent be healthy? Yeah. I just want to tell you that just trust in Jesus. Know that he has... No matter what you're going through, if it's your parent or your sibling, know that he has it. Give it to him. Understand that he will take care of it and meet your needs and that he loves you and there's nothing that you can't overcome. Yeah. So for everybody who's listening, you know, if they can do it, if God can do it for Zach, 15-year-old boy, going through all the sickness in the family that he has had to deal with, and it's made him stronger and it's made his walk with God just awesome, then, you know, he can do it for you too. And we're going to be having a lot of different topics on these episodes. Um, Right now, you know, this was sickness in the family, and we will have some other people that will also talk about um, sickness in their family. But there's a lot of topics that we're going to be covering, anywhere from divorce, uh, bullying, um, abuse, affairs, death, children, relationships, poverty, education, obstacles, drugs, prison, um barrenness, bankruptcy, just anything you can think of. You know, if you have a story that you want to share that you think may help someone else, then you can go to the website, which is thewrongthatmademeright.buzzsprout.com, or you can go to our email, thewrongthatmademeright at yahoo.com. And, you know, I hope that God will... um, help people through this and that he will encourage those that have a story to share it you know now's the time to try to make a difference in this world there's so much hurt out there in the world let's try to help each other you know I know that through all of this wrong um, we have hurt we have sorrow um, but I also know that through the hurt and the sorrow comes God bringing us comfort and mercy and grace and just a peace like Zach talks about that peace that you just can't explain but just the peace that he gives and I think sometimes we think in our mind so many different things that it can cause blindness to our heart but we can just get out of our mind just get our mind Mm -hmm. out of the way and just let our heart be led by God. Amen. Just imagine the good that we can do in this world for other people that are going through things. So um, did you have any other comments, Zach, that you wanted to add? I think I'm all set. Just I'm excited for to listen to the podcast and help you out. And I think it's going to be really something yeah, special. Yeah, for those who don't know, um, Zach is my right-hand man. Um, he will do all the, the editing and he sets up everything because I am clueless when it comes to all this technology. Um, so before we end, uh, I want to end with prayer. And so, Lord Jesus, I just want to say thank you for this time that Zach and I have had together. And thank you for bringing us through the the bad experiences and making something good out of them. And I just pray, Lord, that you'll just encourage others to share their story and know that they can help someone else. 
And for those that feel like they don't have any help, Lord, help them to know that they're not walking alone, that there's other people that have gone through the things that they have gone through, and that we are here to listen and that we are here to help each other and to know that God is right there walking with them and that he loves them and that he can give them the comfort that they need, the peace that they need, and that he can take their wrong and he can turn it into something good and make things right. And I just want to give you all the glory and honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen.